verse 2 it says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, with great patience and careful instruction. Um, really, that's what our in season and out of season class is about. Um, tonight, we're going to pick up where we left off um, two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago, we had Rudy and Kaiser and Tidu share and we focus on the um, the foundation studies which and um, the reason for teaching this class like this is to remind us that we come from many different many different angles, many different perspectives, many different situations, many different backgrounds. <coughs> and the foundation studies are really there to give us all the, the basics that we need. Um, for some people, um, studies like the word study, I know for me, that was so helpful because it helped me sort of actually my foundation of what the scriptures say. That's my basis. Um, for others, uh, Jesus is the only way. People who don't come out, Jesus. Um, and background of understanding Jesus would really benefit from that. Um, and there are many more. We talked about that last time. Tonight, um, we're going to build on that and we're going to talk about the personal studies. Um, by the personal studies, we mean the sin study, which really just is great because it clearly lays out in the scriptures what. Um, how God wants to live, what sin is. Sin, of course, is, is when we um, go against God. Repentance, which is a decision to live the way God wants to live. Um, and the cross study is a real help to him. But um, we're going to, uh, so we don't run out of time. I'm going to ask Tony to come in. Tony's going to share, he's going to talk to us. Um, Really, how the sin study helps. Is that right, Tony? Okay, yeah. and then Alex is Alex and Alex is going to talk to us about our penance study. Um, I'll hand over to you. Thanks, Tony. We've got to have a really good look. interesting moment in my life. It was a very interesting moment in my life. I think that I put that picture up there. It's a beautiful picture. Yes. It was very, uh, uh, on a very special day. But um, 
And it was a very special day getting married. But it was um, a kind of situation where things looked nice on the outside. Yes. But for me, there was lots of stuff going on the inside mm. that wasn't so great. Mm. It was two months before I studied the Bible, and it was just a very interesting, um, interesting time. So I thought that was a really interesting point for me to think lots of my life pivoted around that getting married moment. Uh, and I, I thought about it a lot. I was trying to think about what to share. You know, from the age of about 13, you know, as soon as I got into my teens, um, for some unknown reason, I, I, I would say, I was going to say I wanted to rebel, but I don't, I don't know, I didn't have anything to rebel about. <laughs> I wanted to find something, I wanted, I sensed injustice, but I couldn't find any injustice. So I decided just not to conform. That was really my state. I was a very, from the age of 14 through to getting married, I was a very immature person in many, many, many ways. Probably still am sometimes, but, but you know, I was very immature and I, I, I kind of, um, I lacked purpose, really, a great deal. I really did lack purpose. I um, didn't feel good at anything. I wasn't good at sports. You know, I wanted to play guitar, but I was no good at playing guitar. And I, I kind of went into this sort of strange, let's say, non-conform stage, and I didn't really try at school. And I, I don't know why, but I looked around me at the world, and I looked at popular music stars a lot. And there was a, at that time, there was a really sense of sex and drugs and rock and roll. Oh, yeah. That was really the motto. Mm-hmm. Of the era. Mm-hmm. A, I think it was an Ian Jury song called yeah. Sex and Drugs, Rock and Rolls, All My Body Needs. Yeah. You know, and um, <coughs> as soon as I could start smoking, I started smoking. Mm-hmm. As soon as I could start drinking, I started drinking. You know, and um, my life got into a bit of a sort of strange muddle. At school, I went downhill from being fairly good right through to 14, 15, I failed most of my O-levels, GCSEs, and uh, I recovered a bit from my A-levels, but I did very badly in my O-levels. I got in trouble with the police, Uh, I got banned for drunken driving when I was 17, and um, I um, ended up around... When I got to 18, I, I sort of started to turn it around a little bit because things were going badly wrong. And I found a way. I think the only ambitions I had in life was to get to London. That was one ambition. And two was to have... A, I thought if I got to London, I'd find this exciting life. And so I'd get connected with the record industry and somehow I'd find a girlfriend. And that, was that. <laughs> that was it. That was a sum total. No, I had no career plan. I wonder what a career sort of thing. And uh, I, I kind of started to try to achieve some of these things. So I got into Kingston Polytechnic to do business studies. And I, I got, came out of that and got a job in a record shop and stuff. And I, and I found some girlfriends on the route, sort of. But I carried on. Smoke, drink. Do you know what I mean? Then I met Karen, 
Mm-hmm. On a bus. Cares does lie? Do you want a cigarette? That's how it Generous on the start. You sound shocked. It didn't seem so shocking at the time. It was a nice line. I don't know. But you know, we um, but you know, we got together and she was travelling to London at the time, we both moved to London, we moved in with each other. But our constant theme was smoke, drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 could, I got a job with a company called Gallup doing the music charts. And um, we could go to parties. Well, sometimes I got invited to concerts and parties. But most of the time it was smoke, drink at the parties. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really it. And um, I was faithful to Karen, but I was always struggling with sexual temptation one way or another, sort of thing. I was, not a, very, I was a very impure person in many, many ways. And so what happened gradually, you know, from the age of about 18 to 27, I wanted to kind of get things straight, but this, this stuff was overtaking my life. Really. Mm. And it was, you know, it was when, um, you know, I would spend most of my life thinking, somehow things are going to catch up with me. I thought, you know, I knew cigarettes were bad. So bad for me that every night I tried to finish off the last ten cigarettes so the next day I could give up. <laughs> <laughs> and then buy another packet the next day and do the same thing. I'd go through that last, you know, I'd get to day just to get through the cigarettes. Sort of thing. And it was bizarre, but it was that foolish. You know, and um, I had one incident sexually which was rather um, anonymous, let's say, and uh, I, the uh, AIDS, HIV was around a lot of the time, mm. and I had an inbuilt terror mm. take over me. Mm. The HIV was going to come and get me. I even phoned up the HIV helpline once. He <laughs> <laughs> said, You can't catch it like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it was like that. I, I, I was terrified. Do you know? I was terrified of the consequences of that. And I'd do things when I was drunk that I was ashamed of. You know, I would do things that I was drunk that I was terrible. Ashamed of say things to people they would say to me the next day and think, oh no, did I say that? Mm-hmm. One guy said to me, You just seem to have this big red self destruct button. No. And so, when, when after two months after getting married, we started to study the Bible, we went through the initial studies and it was kind of nice. You know? I didn't think I could ask the guy next to me on the tube to church, but I'd get through that somehow. Do you know what I mean? I could read the Bible every day. But then we started to look at sin. And I hit this, for the wages of sin is death. <coughs> I believed that by this point. Mm. It really rang home, because I could see death was coming for me the way I was living, sort of thing. Mm. But then it was the gift of God is eternal life. And I suddenly had to start thinking differently about it. You know, it really struck me, that, that thing, sort of thing, I had a choice. But the, the fact that one was earned and the one that was a gift really put that responsibility onto me 
to make that choice. So that, that scripture really resonates. You know? I'm going to talk a bit about repentance as well because you know, then we, we did sin, then we, we went on and we looked at, um, I should just flip to the next slide, but we looked at the scripture in Acts. And I didn't really get the context of Acts chapter 2 at this point, but all I heard, what I heard was, what shall we do? I heard these guys were in trouble because their sin was piling up and they said, what shall we do? And when the answer is simply repent, I thought, can it be that easy? Can it be that easy? And again, it was, you have a choice. What should we do? Repent. But more behind that was this sense of forgiveness. And it really started to form in my, my heart and everything inside me that, I was earning this one set of things, but this other set of things was achievable. If, you know, if I chose to try to repent, and it was all suddenly in my path. And then we looked, you know, go, I, I started to think about it. I started working through my mind, and then just talking about in Isaiah, it talked about this wall of sin. <coughs> these, the way you put these blocks up between you and God. And that became very real to me. And the great thing about the sin study also was it made it very personal. It was about me and about my sin. And so it was something that I could actually do something about. And it was, it was also significant because, you know, through my life, when I, was very, when I was about 14, I got in trouble for the police again. I got in trouble for receiving stolen goods when my friends went on a shoplifting spree and they handed off the things to me in a shop, and then I got stopped out on the way out of the shop. And I remember feeling that that wasn't fair. And I look back, I don't think it was true, I really didn't know what was going on. But I felt responsible to it for it just because I'd been caught. And so I was really starting to say, I started thinking, no, it's only the things that you really do that you're responsible for. But when I got jumped for drunk driving, I had a friend with me who was on the back of the moped. I shouldn't have been riding. And I tried to blame him. <laughs> I said, it's your fault. You should have stopped me. Oh. And I thought, no. I have to be responsible for my sin. And so going through the sentence study it helped me to see what sins really were, what my sins really were, and be accountable for those. And I went really from this not wanting to conform person to a person who wanted to conform and be right with God. You know, and it was a, it was a really, it was a scary process, to be honest. I didn't find being open at all easy. Not during any part of the process did I find being open easy. Even after becoming a Christian, I kept on going back to say, did I say this? Do you know what I mean? It was, I didn't feel it easy, but it, it definitely got me up and running. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and the final scripture I shared is that, that thing about um, worldly sorrow and godly sorrow, that really helped me as well. A sense of, I lived in fear of being caught. That's what I worried about. And to move from worrying about being caught to really thinking about how I felt inside about the things I did really changed my perspective 
on how I felt about my own sin and my own life. So yeah, so that's me. So it was really was just this, you know, and that moment, you know, God came along just after our marriage and really sorted out a lot of those things and really helped to change a lot. Amen. It's, uh, it's a good reminder just that uh, when we look at the scriptures with people, we look at the scriptures ourselves, how it does offer a choice and a path that's different. Um, M is for a huge share, but she has a family too. So I said, I'd fit in um, or jump in and, and say a few things. So, well, um, yeah, it's great to be here. I was listening to Tony, I was kind of struck by how um, a lot of what I experienced um, on the first kind of personal study looking at sin was so analogous um, to what you were sharing about. I mean, I had different things going on at different stages of life, etc. But um, looking back, you know, the similarities are amazing, and, and those scriptures really are amazing. Um, so yeah, as, as Tim said, I'm going to share a few thoughts about repentance, looking at what repentance was and what that um, was like for me, and how personally um, it kind of impacted me. Um, it, it was funny, when I was thinking about what to share, I didn't, I was a bit slightly all over the place. I've just started my job, which is why I'm dressed strangely like this. <laughs> and I was kind of, yeah, but seeing that um, plan of how we're looking at these studies and seeing um, that we're looking at personal studies is really handy for me because that's basically what I'm going to do. I'm going to share personally how um, looking at repentance impacted me. Um, so to start doing that, um, I'm going to share a bit about my background. Now, some of you may know that I grew up uh, going to church, going to um, <coughs> a fairly sizable uh, Anglican Church of England um, Slightly evangelical. I get very muddled up with these terms, so if you are, don't worry. I don't know that much more what they mean. But it was a sort of modern-ish Church of England church, not a high church steeped in ritual and stuff and tradition. But it was a bit more modern. Um, and I was taught some wonderful values from a young age, and um, that really helped me. Um, but one of the things I kind of consistently struggled with was. Um, something which I think really revolved around repentance um, or, or, or turned out to be at its core an issue relating to repentance. And that was, I had this sort of question on my mind of, you know, um, well, before I say that, so I had a lot of, like, grace. We talk about grace and truth, right? And I, in my background, I had a lot of grace, which is wonderful. Mm. But I, I think I was lacking a bit of truth. So I had this question in my, in my head of thinking, well, if I, if God has all this grace for me, then can I not just kind of do what I want and then say sorry, and then it's fine. And, and I sort of really, like, it's just, that was really in my head, I grappled with it. Um, and the funny thing is, I actually think if you sort of power, or change that, and, and instead of saying sorry, you talk about repentance, then in a, in a kind of weird way, that, that there's truth in that. But the, the key thing is for me that is repentance was the key issue that I didn't understand. So saying sorry, was not the same as repentance, and that was yeah. what um, I really had to kind of learn. Um, so yeah, in my life I had, um, I felt like I had this uh, sort of two-way pull in my heart, really. I had um, the pull of church and God and some ideas of what that should 
looked like in my life. And I had the pull of the world and wanting to like be with my friends and you know fitting with them and be cool and mm-hmm. you know just win the respect of people rather than winning the respect of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this kind of outward versus inward battle. You know, it was like outwardly how I show myself to the world, what people think of me, versus inwardly things that I sort of knew maybe I should be thinking about. Um, so yeah, um, the, ver- the scripture I'd like to share was the one that really impacted me, um, and that is Revelation 3, 15 to 20, um, which, which was just, it was the first time that, I mean, Tim was showing about the word study and how it really helped him, and I think the word study helped me as well, but this almost doubled that effect, because this was the first time that I read a verse and I was just like, you know, you just get like a bucket of cold water on your face, and I was yeah. like, wow, that is just, that feels like it's been written for me, personally. Um, so it had a really big impact on me. So I'll just read it, um, from verse 15 to 20, Revelation 3, it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing. But you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can um, cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, I had this sort of, um, these two pulls from my heart, and I was just stuck, I was kind of stuck in the middle, and this was around the time I went to union, it was a real cross, uh, fork in the road for me. Um, and so I think that first point about being neither hot nor cold really resonated with me, because I had this attitude of, I, you know, I'll go out with my friends and I'll get drunk and I'll do what they do, but just not quite as much, you know, and I had the, that sense of yeah. pride, really, that, you know, I was just not, not quite that much. Um, and so this was kind of really striking for me to know that you know, God doesn't want us to sort of sit in the middle and sit on the fence, really. You can't really sit on the fence with God. Um, and so he, um, thankfully, he really pulled me the right way towards him, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I think that first um, point for me about um, kind of outward versus the inward, and really um, looking at my heart, um, and just um, maybe for if those that don't know, repentance isn't just to reiterate, just saying sorry. It's kind of, um, I was looking on Wikipedia, um, on the train, because that's what you do when you're a bit rushed. Um, <laughs> some, I know that lots of people here might have much more of an understanding of repentance than what Wikipedia said. But it said, it talks about the Hebrew words, and I thought it was quite interesting. So it said that the, the Hebrew words in the Old Testament, um, there's two that relate to repentance, and there's one that means to return, and one that means to feel sorrow. Um, and I think when you think about that, in comparison to just saying sorry, you can start to see the difference. Uh, and that's certainly what I saw. Um, and so yeah, so the, 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 ne- the second thing was that seeing, then seeing repentance in the scriptures was so helpful because I basically had this like, lack of understanding. Um, 
And then I was going to share the same verse that Tony shared, so I read it, won't read it again, in Corinthians about God and sorrow and everything, um, and um, the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. Um, and that was another one that really uh, impacted me. So um, I think, um, yeah, to kind of sum up, this, um, the key thing for me about repentance was the fact that I was going to church and... Um, being spiritual in some sense, in my own sense, um, to try and balance this pull that I had in the world, wasn't really cutting the mustard. It wasn't um, solving this conundrum that I had in my head about um, just sort of saying sorry and, 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 and moving on. Um, so then seeing um, the scriptures uh, describe repentance to me so clearly had a really massive impact. Um, and I think, um, you know, there are different verses for different people, but I think it's an issue where if you look in the scriptures, you will find what, yeah. like, God, God will explain it to you in your personal way. For me, this revelation verse was, was a massive impact. It's quite, like, strongly worded. There's a lot of strong language about being spat out of your mouth and being poor and blind and naked and that kind of thing. So it was a bit of a, well, that's, you know, that's quite full on. But then, you know, towards the end, it talks about being earnest and repenting and Jesus being there, wanting to come in and eat with us, mm. which I found so comforting. Mm. This idea of Jesus being there at the door of my life and knocking, because that's exactly uh, really what he was doing. Uh, and the earnestness that it talks about is also in that um, Corinthians verse about Godly sorrow producing yeah. earnestness. So kind of seeing it in the scriptures just had an amazing impact on my life. Um, and so, yeah, I think... Um, well, I don't know what my encouragement would be, but I think um, that's the amazing power of the scriptures. And when we're, you know, sharing them with other people, it's amazing to think that God speaks in that way. Um, and it's amazing to, um, you know, just see that impact on people's lives. I was very grateful to Tim that he didn't, uh, you know, sort of tell me that I was wrong in what I knew about repentance because I actually in some I had I could say I think I even said to you when we were looking at it in Bristol in Calvert Circus um, I think I even said when you asked me what repentance was that oh, it's not just saying sorry it's more than blah 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 and I gave some spiel about that I wasn't living that way at all and I couldn't actually I hadn't actually <laughs> processed it but I kind of knew the line from my upbringing if that makes sense <laughs> um, uh, and so I, but, but yeah so seeing it in the Having God just made it uh, that clear to me really was amazing. Um, so yeah, the goal of our in-season outages and classes is that the God's nights is really to inspire and encourage us and to remind us what a difference we can make people's yeah. lives. Yeah. <coughs> um, and just how God's light shone in the dark hearts of hearts, mm. the difference that that makes. And maybe that inspiration kind of will remind us and stick with us and remind us to, you know, the difference we can have when we open the scriptures with our friends. Yeah. Yeah. When God's word is, you know, when you get people to to read God's word, yeah. um, reflect on it, 
put into their life and think, you know, um, I need to change and be convicted. Um, so, Tony, a huge thanks. Yes, Alex, a huge thanks. Um, it's, uh, I think, really great to hear um, two situations, in some ways are similar, mm. but in some ways are different. Mm. And that really is so much how we are when we try and help people. Some are similar in some ways, different in other ways. But the great thing is God's word um, meets us where we're at yeah. and helps us to change in a lasting way. Mm. We're going to finish our class series next week. Um, and uh, oh, we'll have some more of that. But uh, we'll finish there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.